Here, thanks to modern recording techniques, those of us who watch birds have a new tool, a unique tool that will make us more efficient in the field and will certainly add to our pleasure. This field guide to the songs and calls of the birds of Western North America has been designed to match, page by page, my field guide to Western birds, published by Houghton Mifflin Company. The recordings were made under the direction of Dr. Peter Paul Kellogg of the Cornell Laboratory of Ornithology. Each bird was recorded in the field, and in each case, an effort has been made to select the most typical song of the species. Birds, like people, have local dialects. These can sometimes confuse even an experienced listener. I have often been puzzled by the voice of a familiar bird in a new locality. For that reason, the list on the jacket shows where each song was recorded. The songs you will now hear are identified by Dr. Allen.
dog wants to just swallowed a whole big crayfish two years. Listen, but listen. Looks like a wood duck coming in. Wood duck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the long overdue second installment of Dive Deep and Dig. Let's just get right to it. So I'm digging through an off-the-beaten-path thrift shop, and I come across this three-desk set of the Peterson Field Guide series, a field guide to Western bird songs. Completely academic in its approach. Uh, some would say all-killer, no filler. Bird name, bird call, repeat for two hours. And now, a glimpse into my internal dialogue. Hey, self, you should, you should cut up all these bird songs. I mean, I could do that, but there's more than one bird on a track. They cut them up. The birds themselves cut them all up, not just the tracks. I mean, yeah, I guess. And you should catalog everything in a spreadsheet. Fuck you, brain. 513 bird songs later, I now know that semi-palmated means that only some of the toes are webbed, and I have two hours of bird calls ripped and cataloged and ready. And although it was quite time-consuming, it did help, help guide this installment's theme, which is animals. Therefore, the intro was the intro to the field guide. Roger Tory Peterson teams up with the Cornell University to produce recordings. Houghton Mifflin distributes the guide, as well as the accompanying picture book. Unfortunately, the picture book wasn't available, but from my understanding, Peterson painted the birds represented. Now, his first book, Guide to the Birds, was published in 1934 and sold out in less than two weeks. Between 34 and his death in 96, A Guide to Birds, which focused on the eastern U.S. birds, and its western counterpart, which I'm going to be pulling the, the bird calls from, have sold more than 7 million copies. He was so prolific in his conservation efforts that he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, received honorary doctorates from multiple universities. In 2000, the American Birding Association established the Roger Torrey Peterson Award for promoting the cause of birding, and the Roger Torrey Peterson Institute of Natural History in Jamestown, New York is named in his honor. Kid Koala, however, is a Canadian turntablist who has yet to be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, but has been a member of Bullfrog. Their self-titled album was released in 2001 on Ropadope Records. We heard Bullfrog theme re-recording off of that release, and they were kind enough to include a short scene where a gentleman refers to a wood duck coming in, which led to the wood duck call from the Field Guide series. Bird songs, Kid Koala, Bullfrog, Wood Duck, Roger Tory Peterson. We're good on that one. The theme, the theme is there. Catbird. The gray catbird lives throughout North America. It's called such because some of its songs resemble a cat's meow. They're quite common and lay turquoise eggs, sometimes with red spots. Now the green catbird is found along Australia's eastern coast, living alongside wombats. But the wombats we're concerned with, um, they lived outside of Cleveland. Not to be confused with the modern British outfit of the same name, the wombats were four pieces of garage punk out of Maple Heights, Ohio. Victor Holm, Tim Ratley, Tom Edwards, and Johnny Fetish made up the four-piece. 
Fun story, Johnny Fetish earned his name by crawling under tables and biting women's knees. John Knee Fetish. Get it? So the group appeared on a couple compilations put together by the Bomp Vox label. That's a, basically a staple of the garage scene. And then they toured on bills set up by the labels. After being signed to Homestead, the Wombats released their last EP, Mud Puddles, and disbanded shortly thereafter as Tom Edwards refused to tour so he could continue his refrigerator repair studies. And that brings us to the tune Bean off of the Mud Puddles EP. Oh, I Page 278 to page 287. Cardinal. The state bird of Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, North Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. The cardinal biologically suppresses the West Nile virus upon infection. The cardinal is extremely territorial and will attack their reflection thinking it's an intruder. The cardinals are a baseball team worthy of your hatred. A Roman Catholic cardinal is entirely different. It's not a bird, it's a man. Clarence Gatemouth Brown, also a man. Born in Vinton, Louisiana and raised in Orange, Texas, Clarence Gatemouth Brown's music career began when he was 21, took off in 1947 when he was 23. 
T-Bone Walker was playing uh, the Bronze Peacock in Houston. He becomes ill, can't continue. So Gatemouth, called Gatemouth because a teacher in San Antonio said he had a voice like a gate, took up T-Bone's guitar, wrote Gatemouth Boogie on the spot, and performed it for the audience. Don Robley, the owner of the Bronze Peacock, founded Peacock Records in 1949 to showcase Gatemouth's amazing guitar work. Gatemouth was signed to Peacock until 1959 when he moved to Nashville. There he befriended Roy Clark, appeared on Hee Haw, and in 1966 became the band leader for the short-lived The Exclamation Point, Exclamation Point, Exclamation Point, Exclamation Point beat. As this was going on, Europe was becoming more and more hungry for the blues, and Gatemouth was highly regarded and his shows highly anticipated. Even though he hated being called a blues musician, he, he preferred musician and played guitar, fiddle, banjo, piano, just to name a few. He toured Europe 12 times on the wave of the blues popularity there. He became an official ambassador for American music and participated in tours arranged by the U.S. State Department, which included an extensive tour of East Africa. He played the Montreux Jazz Festival with Canned Heat. He played on Professor Longhair's Rock and Roll Gumbo. And in 1979, Brown played a six-week, 44-day tour of the Soviet Union. This was the first time the Soviet Union made a contract with a private U.S. citizen, that being Brown's manager, Jim Halsey, in regards to a musical tour. In the 80s, Rounder Records and Alligator Records released albums that revitalized Gate Mouse's career. He toured about 250-300 dates a year during that time, and then he finally released his uh, final album, Timeless, in 2004. His home in Seidel, Louisiana was destroyed by Hurricane Katrina in August 2005, and he died in Orange, Texas at the home of a grandniece in September 2005 after numerous health issues including foregoing cancer treatment. He was buried in Orange, Texas until Hurricane Ike floated his coffin and took Gatemouth on one last tour. He now rests back in Hollywood Cemetery in Orange with a historical plaque and a new headstone. Here's Clarence Gatemouth Brown chicken picking on Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens off the 1985 Alligator Records compilation Pressure Cooker. One night Farmer Brown was taking the air Locked up the barnyard with greatest of care Down in the hen house something stirred When he hollered, who there? This is what he heard Ain't nobody here but us chicken It ain't nobody here at all So calm yourself and stop that fuss It ain't nobody here but us we chickens trying to sleep, and you bust in And hobba, 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 hobba with your chin Ain't nobody here but us chickens Ain't nobody here at all And drop your fuss, stomping around It ain't nobody here but us We chickens trying to sleep, and you bust in And hobba, 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 it's a sin Tomorrow it's a busy day We got things to do We got eggs to lay We got ground to dig Worms to scratch It takes a lot of setting to getting Chicks to hatch Ain't nobody here but us chickens Ain't nobody here at all So quiet yourself Stop that fuss It ain't nobody here but us Kindly point your gun The other way And 
Haber, 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 er der Gessamhäng. things to do we got eggs to lay we got ground to dig and worm to scratch it takes a lot of setting getting chicks to hatch and ain't nobody here but us chicken and ain't nobody here at all so quiet yourself and stop that fuss it ain't nobody here but us kindly point that gun the other way and hobble hobble some hay. Hey man, what do you say? It's easy picking and ain't nobody here but a chicken. Page 332 to page Jungle fowl is a cross of red jungle fowl that Polynesians brought to the islands thousands of years ago and common domestic chickens. They do not crow at dawn nor dusk, they crow all the time. And the jungle fowl population on the islands boomed in 92 when Hurricane Aniki destroyed chicken enclosures and allowed domestic chickens to breed with jungle fowl at an increased rate. Time travel. 1928, Greenville, South Carolina. The Sterling High School Quartet dropped out of Sterling High School and became the Dixie Hummingbirds. When pressed about how the name came about, founding member James B. Davis recalls, I figured that was the only bird could fly both backwards and forwards. Since that was how our career seemed to be going, I figured that was a good name, and the guys went along with it. They mainly sang spirituals until 1938 when the hummingbirds found their sound. That's the year Ira Tucker joined, and the 13-year-old provided a showmanship the group had been lacking. 
Through the early 40s, the hummingbirds flew north and bounced between different members' family in Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia until they landed a gig at Cafe Society in New York City. There they played under the name Jericho Quintet and were backed by Lester Young Sextet. If you don't know who yet Lester Young is, uh, please look him up. He is amazing. Then the group bounced from label to label through the 50s and finally found a home at Peacock Records. The same label found it as a vehicle for Clarence Gatemouth Brown. The Peacock recordings took off and landed the Hummingbirds as backup vocalists on Paul Simon's Love Me Like a Rock and Tenderness on There Goes Ryman Simon. After Peacock was sold to ABC in 1973, the Hummingbirds released the album We Love You Like a Rock, which earned them a Grammy. The Hummingbirds have continued performing across the country with members being replaced due to age and death and have been the subject of a book, Great God Almighty, The Dixie Hummingbirds, celebrating the rise of soul gospel music, as well as the documentary The Dixie Hummingbirds, 80 Years Young. Both celebrate their long and rich history. Legend has it that Stevie Wonder plays keys on this track, but I can't find any reliable sources to confirm the claim. He isn't credited, and the keys are kind of buried in the mix, making me think that it's just a myth. So here's the Dixie Hummingbirds covering Stevie Wonder with Jesus' Children of America.
Rufus Hummingbird. The Rufus Hummingbird can be found all over, including South Carolina. They migrate from southern Mexico to Alaska, the longest bird migration on Earth as measured in body lengths. No segue. The roaches were three sisters, Maggie, Terry, Suzzy, from Park Ridge, New Jersey. Maggie and Terry drop out of high school to tour as a live duo in the late 60s. They catch the ear of Paul Simon, who includes them as backup vocalists on Was a Sunny Day, off of There Goes Rhyme and Simon. Same album the Dixie Hummingbirds lent backup vocals. With Simon's help, the duo released their only album, Seductive Reasoning. Rolling Stone stated, Seductive Reasoning is an interesting, uneven record which had four producers and was released in 1975 to resounding public indifference. Devastated, Maggie and Terry retreated for several months to a friend's kung fu temple in Hammond, Louisiana, where in Maggie's words, a lot of people went to learn how to beat people up. It's kind of to be expected when you take a retreat to a kung fu temple in Louisiana that you're going to see people getting beat up and people learning how to beat people up. After the duo released Seductive Reasoning, Suzzy joined the group, making them a trio. The three sisters dressed as living Christmas trees complete with tinsel and began performing elaborately harmonized carols on street corners and in subways. Between bartending shifts at Greenwich Village's famous folk club Gerda's Folk City, they took the stage and met many of their future collaborators. All three sisters wrote for the first album as a trio, The Roaches, which was produced by Robert Fripp, best known for his work in King Crimson. Their song The Married Man off of that album became their most successful after Phoebe Snow released a version and performed the song as a duet with Linda Ronstadt on Saturday Night Live. A few months after the Snow-Ronstadt performance, The Roaches themselves played the show. Now, throughout their career, they've released albums of small audiences, little to no airplay, and modest record sales, but have appeared on numerous albums of others. Maggie is sang with Ludin Wainwright III and Indigo Girls. Suzzy has a vocal credit on Beck's version of Ludin Wainwright III, Do We We Do, and lends additional vocals on Yaysayer's 2016 album, Amen and Goodbye. Terry appeared on Robert Fripp's Exposure, Indigo Girls, and was a voice actor on John Moran's The Manson Family and Opera. Maggie passed in 2017 while Terry and Suzzy continued to perform in and around New York City. Now we're going to close out this installment with Damned Old Dog off The Roaches. First album is a trio, The Roaches. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all that jazz. You can find me on divedeepanddig.wordpress.com as well as the YouTube channel, Dive Deep and Dig. If you want to check out what's going on without the, the rambling between tunes. All right, y'all. I'll, uh, I'll hit you sooner next time. Till then. I don't want to be a damn dog. I don't want to 
Sincere. 